All right, welcome back to Shara B'Tochen. This is our seventh class. Can you believe it? Seventh class. Kol Shvin Chavivin. Okay. Tonight, what I would like to do is finish the introduction. This is the Amr uh, HaMechaber, the compiler's statement, or compiler's forward, um, before the, the, the chapters. So I would like to, God willing, finish this tonight. Okay. We were talking about advantages of Bitochen, and that's basically, you know, mostly what the, the Hakdama, the preface, is is Rabbeinu Bechaya is selling you betochen. He's explaining to you what it's going to do for you. Um, and I guess that kind of makes sense, because if, you're, if you don't yet have betochen, you're probably in a more self-serving mode. So you want to be sold on what betochen is going to do for you. After you get betochen, don't worry. You're not going to be worried about what anything can do for you, because you already know everything is already done for you. But at, at, at any rate, while we're still being initiated, Rabbeinu Bechaya is telling us the advantages of betochen. Okay. So we spoke about financial advantages. We're going to continue now. This is somewhat related to financial advantages. Um, these are advantages having to do with the kind of work that you'll do. Let, let's, let's take a look inside. Umehan, and among the advantages, other advantages. Freedom of the soul and of the body from tiring occupations and from, from professions that exhaust the body. It also allows you to avoid working for the king or enforcing their laws or oppressing their subjects. Um, the Pas Lechem, which is one of the commentaries we've mentioned before, says that somebody who's really desperate for money is going to go get a job working for the king. And it's, it's tough work, you know, um, because uh, the king is very demanding. But, uh, you know, it's sort of... Somebody explained to me, by the way, uh, why don't we have a draft? Why don't we have a draft? During the Vietnam War, God forbid, but, you know, there, there was a draft. Why, why don't we have a draft? So actually, uh, somebody, an economist, explained to me that poverty is the draft. That uh, people who are from lower class families, um, working class, uh, they're attracted to the military because it's, uh, you get a scholarship and uh, you get a job that gives you health care. So when a person's really desperate for money, they'll go do something crazy like work for the government, I mean, work for the king. But if you have bitochen, you're not going to do that. You're not going to take that kind of work. And the person who trusts in Hashem. Okay. He's going to choose a source of livelihood. Whatever provides him more tranquility, physically speaking. And a good reputation. And a free heart. And that also which uh, gives him more time, free time, not to, you know, waste, but to uh, whatever's going to give him free time for his religious duties and is also in harmony with his values, with his religious beliefs. Because 
because no cause in the world can add to what is allotted to him or take away from it. Rather, it's all a decree from Hashem. Like it says, For not from the east or from the west, and not from the wilderness is one lifted up. But rather, it is God who judges. This, this is the only thing that lowers a person or brings him up. The Omar, and it also says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He guides me beside calm waters. We've had that Pasuk before from Kepit Bokhov Gimel of Tehillim. Rebbeinah Bechaya brings it again. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, when a person is choosing a livelihood, sometimes he feels that he has to make compromises, religious compromises. And um, that's from a lack of betochen. If he would have betochen, he would know that there's no way that he would have to do something in order to make a livelihood that would force him to make a compromise in his Yiddishkeit. But in order to have that mentality, he has to realize that nothing he does is going to increase or de decrease the amount that's allotted to him. He calls it the chayk, the amount that's allotted to him. And, and, and we know this from, from the Gemara. It tells us that a person's parnosa is already allotted to him on the Yem Adin, on Rosh Hashanah. And nothing he does can add to it or take away from it. But if you don't have bitochen, so you feel like you have to make those compromises. The, the, the pas lechem, we'll mention again the pas lechem, he mentions a, a specific example. He says, you know, some people have jobs that don't allow them to pray uh, with a minion. He says people who are farmers or they work in a remote area, so they can't dive in a minion every day. It's funny because the obvious were dafkereit, so they would be isolated. I guess that was before minyanim. At any rate, there's a very interesting, there's a letter in the Igris Kodesh. I should mention the Lubavitcher Rebbe answered thousands and thousands of correspondences in his lifetime. And many of those correspondences were published. Some with names, some without names. There's a letter that's in the Igris Kodesh, Chelek Gimel, Volume 3. The whole, the whole Igris is, you know, a whole bookshelf. Um, but this is in Volume 3, and it's a letter from Yudalid. It's a letter from Yud Dalid Menachem of Tovshin Yud. So this is actually before the Rebbe officially accepted the Nesias. And, uh, you know, it starts, Shalom Avrocha, greetings and blessings, in answer to your letter. And the Rebbe then sort of recaps what the person wrote to him about. And basically this is a person who, it seems he's a sheichet, and he needs to say Kaddish. It seems his father passed away, Le'eleinu. And to take the job, he wouldn't be able to say Kaddish. There wouldn't be a minion where he's going. And it's interesting. The letter is a little over a page. And for most of the full page, the Rebbe explains well, why it's, it's okay. He should take the job, or he can take the job. And that he has brothers who are also saying Kaddish. And what he can do at the time of minion instead of davening with the minion. Um, and the Rebbe even uh, mentions, The Rebbe mentions many, Chazal gave certain hetedim for Parnosa. Okay, and that's like 
90% of the whole page. The letter is like a page and, and a drop more. And then at the very end, the last paragraph of the letter, <laughs> the Rebbe says, after the Rebbe tells him, it's okay, yeah, you know, we can be flexible. At the very end of the letter, last paragraph, the kol hanal, and everything that we just said, is because I'm not sure of your standing when it comes to betochen. However, if he, meaning the person he's writing to, he's using the polite third person, if he's strong in this, in this area, meaning betochen, and he is whole of heart, pure of heart, and he'll look for a vessel for his parnosa. By the way, the diok there. You don't get a parnosa, you get a kli for a parnosa. And the Abishta puts the parnosa in the kli. We spoke about that in an earlier lesson. So if he'll have strong betochen and he'll look for a better vessel for his parnosa, Hashem will give him livelihood, but makam sheyesh minyan v'chulo, and a place where there is a minion, v'chulo, etc., meaning not just a minion, but everything he needs religiously. And he'll be able to do everything that is incumbent upon him that we mentioned before. So it's an interesting letter. That I was saying, you know, technically, yeah, okay, there are hatedim, and you have to make a living. And that's all true. We're not saying that that's not a function within Yiddishkeit. But we're also saying at the same time, there's something called betochen, and if you're strong in your betochen, you're not even going to need those hatenim. You won't need them, because the Abishtu will work it out to give you your parnasa without having to make religious compromises. Umehen, and among the further benefits or advantages of betochen, miut tsar nafshei a reduction of aggravation in doing business. The im tisakiv atzlei prakmatio, if he is lacking business, or he's not able to collect a debt that's owed to him, or let's say he gets sick, he has to miss work, None of these things are going to aggravate him. They're not going to bother him. Because he knows that the blessed creator Wow. He's fixing things for him better than he could fix for himself. Hashem chooses a better good for us than we could choose for ourselves. Like it says, my soul, wait quietly for God, for my hope comes from Him. In other words, we're speaking to ourselves. I'm speaking to my nefesh, I'm speaking to myself. I say, just wait for it. Just wait for it. Hashem's going to do amazing things, greater than you could have pictured on your own, greater than you could have asked for on your own. Just let Hashem do His work, and it's going to be great. This, by the way, is a very stirring Chassidish Nigun. Ach, le'laikim. Okay, we're not going to sing it here, though. But maybe at the end, if we have time, you're going to get to hear my singing. Okay. 
Dei minafshi. Okay, you're going to hear it at the end, or not. I don't know if that's a threat or a promise. Okay. Um, I wanted to share something else also connected to this. There's a little book, and I call it a little book, not because it's physically little, but the Rebbe called it a seferol. The Rebbe once referred to his own sefer hayyemim as a seferol. And uh, simply, why is it called a seferol? Because every entry is just a short little, um, it's just short little paragraphs. And, uh, you know, each day is just a short little thing, a paragraph or two, short little, little entries. Okay, but uh, I wanted to read to you the entry from Dalit Menachem Av. It's interesting, the letter from the Igris we read was from Yud Dalit Menachem Av. This is the Hayyem Yem from Dalit Menachem Av. I don't know what the connection is, but you could ask Rizalitz uh, if he figures out the connections of all the Hayyem Yems. Wrote Svarim on it, which are fascinating. Okay. Hayyem Yem Dalit Menachem Av. Mit der Grester Haravanya can menit fardinin kein ein cent mehr vifalashem yisborech hat abgestellt. With the greatest effort, no one can earn one more cent, one more penny than whatever was allotted. As der und der Mensch soll fardinin, whatever it was said that this person, der und der Mensch, this person is supposed to be able to earn. We have to do what is required. That means a clean derechatava. We spoke about that in the earlier lessons. Yeah, there has to be a shtadlis. Yeah, you have to buy a lottery ticket to win the lottery. You have to show up to a job. You have to you have to do things in the natural way. Yeah, for sure. Abermen muz gedenken, you have to remember. That all of the work, meaning the, the regular work, but derechatava, the shtadlis you're doing, is mernit via tofel. It's just secondary. So what's the iker? Der iker is, the main thing is, the main thing which determines the parnosa, the brocha von Hashem Yisborech, the blessing from Hashem. Und die brocha verdient men, and how do you earn the blessing? The blessing is earned when men is a erlechayid, when you're a good God-fearing Jew, which means what? Tfila betzibur, shmir shabbos behidur, kashes bashkocha gedela, chinuch habonim by malamdim elachayidin. I'll say it in English: davening with a minion, keeping Shabbos in the most beautiful way, kashrus with with very meticulous supervision, Jewish education for the children with proper Jewish educators. Jewish educators who themselves are God-fearing Jews. That's the Hayemim from Dalad Menachemov. Okay. What did we get up to? Oh, and then I started singing. Okay, fine. And then you were saved from that. Uh, fine. Umehen, and among them, and among the benefits, further benefits of Bitochen, Simchosei Bechol Inyan, Sheyatak, a love, joy in whatever situation he is placed in. Ve'im Yia Kenegativai, and even if it will be against his nature, 
because of his trust in Hashem, that Hashem would only do that which is good for him in every matter, he's not going to worry. He's going to be besimcha. He's going to be happy. No matter what situation he's placed in, even situations that are against his nature. It's interesting, by the way. The Nadar Bakaydish explains another Pirush in this. This, I think, might resonate with a lot of people. What does it mean he has Simcha, no matter what situation he was placed in, even if it's negativa, even if it's against his nature? So Nedabakadish explains against his nature a little bit differently. He says, even if your life experiences make it difficult to be naturally happy, I mean, the truth is, there are experiences that are more challenging, and there are lives that are more challenging, and, you know, not everyone is up against the same challenges. And, uh, it may take extra courage to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But Bitochen uh, will give us that ability, that perspective, to, to see hope, to see goodness, even if it goes against what we are assessing. You know, somebody once told me that a pessimist is an emissary mit a falsche maskana, meaning he's collecting data. He, he he's not he's not delusional. He's not out of touch with reality. The data is real data, but he's coming to a falsche maskana. He's coming to an erroneous conclusion, which is that everything's terrible and the world is 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 a, a random place, a cruel place, a cold place, and betochin uh, is what allows the person. To, even when the data is coming in and the data is making, you know, seeming to present a certain conclusion or lean us toward a certain conclusion, with the Patochen, you can say, no, that, that's, that's not correct, that's not so. Um, everything's good and Hashem is taking care of me. Even if it's negativa, even if it's against the, the situation that he's in or a natural way of assessing the situation that he's in. And it was a thought that, was, uh, that resonated with me, at least. Okay. Um, and then the Rebbeinu B'chayi gives a, a marshal, a beautiful marshal for this. And it's not a marshal that we're unfamiliar with, actually, but he's actually uh, one of the originators. So if you've heard this marshal before, really, it, it, it goes back to the Rebbeinu B'chayi. He's not being derivative. <laughs> he's not being trite. Those who have repeated it are, are repeating what, what Rebbeinu B'chayi has said. Um, Remember, this is this safer is a thousand years old, amazingly. Okay, you just see how how Peter is so ageless and, and eternal. We have a safer here that's a thousand years old, and other than the alchemy reference, which is maybe a little bit of an anachronism, but emotionally, this stuff is so contemporary and so resonant with us, just with our experience of life. And anyways, okay. So the Beit Bechaya gives us a marshal. He says like this: the person's going to be besimcha no matter what situation he's in. Like the mother does. When she takes care of her, her child, her infant. Bathing the infant. 
v'chitulai, and diapering him, v'kshirosei, and swaddling him, v'atarosei, and unswaddling him, al korchei, against his will. The baby doesn't always want these things, he doesn't always appreciate it, and he surely didn't ask for it. And she does it anyway, you know why? Because she loves him, she's taking care of him. And the baby thinks something's being done to him. Sometimes he's uncomfortable, he doesn't like it, but ultimately his mother is taking care of him and taking very good care of him. Kamesha Amr David al Shalom, like David Amalek says in Tehillim, Im loy shavisi vidamamti nafshi kagomo alay ime kagomo olay nafshi. Surely I have stilled and quieted my soul. Again, this is similar to the Achlelekim Demi Nafshi. Being just, just to be quiet, just to wait, just to be patient. Don't react. You know what they say? Don't just do something, sit there. Sometimes the adrenaline rush comes, and that's the animal response. That's an animal fight or flight survival mechanism. We gotta do something. You know what? You don't. You don't. Relax. Be quiet. Be still. Achlelekim Demi Nafshi. I'm just gonna. Hold tight and see what happens. Or, like David Amalek is saying here, just to let my soul be quiet. And he says the exact nafshi. Like a weaned child with its mother, my soul is with me like a weaned child. So we have to know Hashem is taking care of us at all times. We can relax, we can be patient. It's, it's a relief. It's just, we don't have to carry that burden. We can do God's work, not his job. <laughs> what is God's work? Doing God's work. Acts of goodness and kindness. Mitzvahs. God's job. Running the world and taking care of everybody. We don't have to do that. We don't have to run the world and take care of everybody. He's taking care of all of us. Like a baby. Like a mother takes care of a baby. And I'll tell you something even more. He's, the people that you think that you need to take care of, you know, a little uh, codependent action going on, that you think you have to uh, play God in their lives and take care of them, I want to tell you something. Just like Hashem's taking care of you like his baby, and like his only baby, because he's infinite. So he's taking care of you like his only baby. He's taking care of your babies like they are also his only baby. And God has no grandchildren. You ever heard that before? Sometimes we as parents, you know, again, this is the animal survival mechanism, the fight or flight, that primal instinct to take care of our children. It can make us so neurotic. We have to know something. Let go and let God, even in parenting, especially in parenting. And God has no grandchildren. So we think our children are our children, and we're Hashem's children. So our children are the children of God's children, so they're God's grand... No, they're not God's grandchildren. Hashem has no grandchildren. They're all His only children. Each one of us is an only child being taken care of like a mother takes care of a baby. And by the way, for those of you who wonder why we never have feminine metaphors for divinity, right there we do. We compare Hashem's love and nurturing care for each of us like the love of a mother, like the love of, of a mother. Feminine energy, feminine nurturing. Okay, I want to just mention one more thing, and uh, that is that when we speak about really letting go and letting God and understanding that Hashem surely is taking care of us 
there are degrees of intensity and depth to which we can grasp that reality. But I just want to mention something to you from one of my favorite svarim, which is uh, my maybe my uh, euphemistic or understated way of saying my favorite sefer. This is called uh, Lukute Amorim Tanya. This is uh, from the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya. You know who wrote the Tanya, by the way? The Balatanya. You know who wrote the Shulchan Aruch? The Balatanya of Shulchan Aruch. Okay, right. That Shulchan Aruch. Then there was another Shulchan Aruch who was written. There was a Shulchan Aruch written by the Mechaber. You know why he's called the Mechaber? Because he was Mechaber, the Shulchan Aruch. Okay, at any rate. Um, in Igeres HaKedosh, which is the fourth chalik of Tanya, there's a simen yud aleph, chapter 11, called Laskil Chabina. Laskil Chabina is known as one of the most demanding, but most powerful messages in all of Tanya. And um, more or less, what does it say over there? It says that if a person will understand that Hashem is creating the world something from nothing every single second, then it's impossible to ever be out of sorts. It's impossible to ever feel annoyed or pained. Because if you understood that Hashem is making something from nothing every single second, then how could you possibly pass judgment on this perfection? You know, it's cheesy, but uh, they say every moment is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Well, if you understand that Kabbalistically, every moment is being created at this moment and divinely orchestrated exactly by the will of Hashem. So then... It's a gift. It's all a gift. And sometimes it won't feel like a gift. Sometimes it, 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 from our limited perspective, it, it feels negative. But it can't be. It's impossible. It's all good. It's perfection. And whenever we're feeling discomfort with reality, we have to return to that faith. That faith in the ongoing creation. The Bria Yashma'ayin Bechol Rega. That Hashem is recreating everything to every detail. Every subatomic particle is brand new at every single second. I'll just read to you a few lines from Laskil Chabina so you can get a, a feeling for it. Um, so he writes, When a man will contemplate in depth and will then picture in his mind how he comes into being something from nothing at every single moment, in other words, he is affected at every moment of his existence by the divine energy that animates him, which is Hashem's Chochmah, the source of life, good and delight, the level of Aden which transcends the world to come. How can he entertain a thought that he is suffering? It is only that because it is not comprehensible, one imagines that he is suffering. In truth, however, no evil descends from above, and everything is good though it is not apprehended as such because of its immense and abundant goodness at a level which is inconceivable to man. And this is the essence of the commandment of faith for which man was created, to believe that there is no place devoid of him. And in the light of the king's countenance there is life. 
Accordingly, strength and gladness are in his place, because he is but good all the time. Therefore, first of all, man ought to be happy and joyous at every time and hour, despite the fact that there are changes in a person's life, and truly live by this faith in Hashem who animates him and acts kindly toward him at every moment. So I just want to conclude with a story. I just heard this story about an hour ago and uh, from a chassid. And uh, he told me he listened to the first couple of shiurim already and he's enjoying it, which is a big compliment because this is a this is somebody who's complimented. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He's humble too, so I don't want to give, give any hints. But anyways, he said, I want to tell you a story. And he says, and you have permission to use it. So <laughs> I texted him back, said, you don't have to give me permission to use it. Listen, when it comes to so stories, I'm a kleptomaniac. You tell me a story, that's it. I stole it already, okay? Anyways, I'm kind of with a, with a shinoi maybe, but uh, at any rate. So the mice is like this. A chosid came to the Tzemach Tzedek, and he had problems. Specifically, he had problems in business. And uh, the Tzemach Tzedek told him, you should learn this Simen Yod Aleph of Igeres HaKedish, Baskil Chabina, this, this part of Tanya we were just reading from. He says, you should go learn that, and uh, that'll help. So the Chassid, who had business problems, and he, and he asked for help, and the Tzemach Tzedek told him, okay, learn Laskil Chabina. So the Chassid says, with a twinkle in his eye, he says, Rebbe, I'm going to go learn Laskil Chabina, but I think that I'll be able to learn Laskil Chabina a whole lot better if I had 10,000 ruble in the bank. <laughs> and the Tzemach Tzedek, with a twinkle in his eye, he said, it's taken care of. Gave him a bracha. The guy went out, everything started to fall into place. He made a lot of money and he became a big gvir and he was very, very wealthy and his family became wealthy. And uh, anyways, what's my point? My point is we're learning a lot about Betochen now, but the uh, bottom line is it would sure help to learn about Betochen if the Abishter would give us everything we need to make us comfortable. We are human beings. We do have... We do have needs, physical, emotional, mental, social. And, uh, you know, like Chassidim say, Until you get to the inn, you need to have something, you know, like, like every good Jewish mother. She packs you a little, you know, some sandwiches for the plane. Till we get to the Kretschmer, we also need to have. So until the Ebishter is going to give us everything that our Betochen brings us, the Ebishter should give us something right now already. Everyone here, thank you for learning with me. And, and Hashem should bless you all. Uh, with real, revealed, open, obvious good that you don't have to have any amunah to recognize.